standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus, episode 478. Coming to you on the 18th of August, 2023, and it's a Friday. Well, I'd like to do a free-for-all Friday or perhaps even a five-for-Friday, but today I decided we need to focus. We need to really focus in because there are a lot of things that are going on that just don't make sense. Now, I do my best, my level best, to not spend a lot of time talking about things at the federal or national or even worldwide level. But is it just me? Or does it seem there'd be a whole lot of distractions going on? Now, look, I I am not a Trump fanboy. I was happy to vote for him and be supportive of him in 2020. Uh, But I don't know if he's the right guy or not for the job. I suspect that he's going to get the nomination whether I want him to or not. And honestly, I don't really see that there's a better option. And the one guy that I thought might have uh, legs to be a good VP choice apparently is uh, really not the guy. Disappointing. Really disappointing. I, I thought he I thought he was the guy. But again, the more these people talk, the more they reveal themselves, right? You know, I've got a little, well, I guess I should say I've got 500 uh, pieces of media out there that are, is me speaking. So I'm sure somebody can go find something and beat me over the head with it. I'm sure somebody can go doctor or, you know, (laughs) manipulate something I've said in the past if they really want to. But here's the thing. I speak from the heart. I'm open and honest. And I ask a lot of questions. And I don't always claim to have all the answers. The difference is we're constantly being barraged with what the right answer is, what the right questions you're allowed to ask are, and how you need to understand things when, quite frankly, a lot of what they're telling us just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. You need to look no further than our own Texas state legislature. We have a nearly two-thirds majority. It's really not that high, but let's say we've got roughly 90, quote-unquote, Republicans in that Texas House, let me ask you, why is it we can't get anything done? Now, is it any coincidence that the the session that was underperforming magically found something to distract us with? Now, look, I've said many times, I don't believe Ken Paxton's an angel. I like Ken Paxton. I've gotten the opportunity to meet the guy on more than one occasion. I think he does a good job for us. I think he represents Texas well, but clearly... There's some dirt there, but it's no surprise. It's nothing we didn't already know when he ran for reelection and the shrieking and wailing from some of the elected officials is surprising because many of them are guilty of the very same things, if not worse. We turn a complete blind eye to everything that goes on in so many levels of government, but suddenly, suddenly we gained a conscience Because the AG might have done something wrong. Now, clearly, the guy has been investigated and passed over at least twice by the feds that we know of. And the state really can't put the case together. Of course, it probably doesn't hurt that he's the sitting AG. But at the end of the day, is there really anything there? I don't know. Of course, we're never really going to find out because the media doesn't tell the truth. The government doesn't tell the truth. 
And the people that ought to be telling this truth don't seem to be the least bit interested in doing so. And you can draw your own conclusions who I might be referring to. So it's it's the old dichotomy, right? Congress sucks, except for my congressman. My, my congressman's actually pretty good. Well, we all think that. And at the end of the day, is it true? I, I don't know. I mean, look at the stuff they get away with. I mean, Texas scorecards got their... Uh, um, little video out right now. I guess I would call it a expose maybe showing the dirty dozen, right? Those that uh, carry Phelan's water that happen to have an R after their name. And it does a pretty good job of explaining what we're seeing. I, I don't have any real questions or problems with it, but the reality is why are we surprised? It's, it seems to me it's patently obvious why can't we get the most basic things done? Now, in fairness, I mean, if I'm going to step back and be truly objective, they could, some of the, some of the moderates, some of the establishment, whatever, you, they could say that they have a vested interest in doing what they deem is best for the state of Texas and hard right is maybe not it. Now, personally, I think it's a load of hookum, <laughs> hokum. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's not true. The consequences are, are supposed to come from losing elections, yet we win all these elections and we seem to be the ones that are getting the consequences. It doesn't seem to be right, yet these same guys are going to win re-election time and time again. And it boils down to money. So they say, we'll get the money out of politics and we'll fix it. Well, no, no. You're just going to make it that much harder for a normal person to get into politics. Well, you know... Uh, Jesse Ventura is the guy that, you know, popularized the idea of having all the um, elected officials go around like NASCAR people with all the labels of their people that fund them on it. I agree. I've said it myself. I think it's a great idea. But again, I don't think that's going to fix it. I, I don't I don't think we're going to ever fix it until we take the power out of government. The reason why the money follows government is because there's power there. And, and the problem is, is guys like me. We're brought up with the idea that we want to do away with power. We want to limit power. We are afraid to use power. We're, as, as a matter of fact, we're afraid to claim power for our own use. Even if we're the good guys, we don't want to wield that power. We don't want to usurp and abuse authority. That is our built-in setting that, that we've been trained as conservatives, as Christians, however you want to define it. That's our problem. That is our shortcoming. I think that's why we struggle with leadership. We're afraid that if we actually take the reins, if we actually make things happen, something might reflect poorly on us. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, look, I, I firmly believe that if you're fighting communists, some of the rules ought not apply. Now, once you beat the communist, okay, then, then you can reapply the rules. Fine. And we, we tried that in the Cold War, right? We set aside some of our civil rights. We set aside some of our privacy. We set aside a lot of things that, quite frankly, our forefathers would have been in a shooting war over because we thought we had to beat the communists. Well, the communists, quote unquote, lost, right? They get the little scare quotes up. They lost. And yet we invited them all into our halls of power. And they've been eating us out from the inside. And just, you have to look no further than Austin. Never mind what's going on in D.C. This directly reminds me, you know, there's a song out right now, The Rich Men, North of Richmond. 
is Oliver Cat. I mean, country music's not my thing, but the guy's obviously talented. Again, not my not my not my bag. I don't I don't dig country music, but it's a it's a compelling song. I've heard people break down the lyrics. I mean, Brian, Brian McClanahan did an episode on it. Um, a couple other guys I listened to have talked about the song. But my my thing is is what about the rich men down in Austin? Hmm. How many of the rich men down in Austin are busy, quite frankly, bending over the whole state, abusing the power, running us into ruin? Tell me, why in the world do we have giant wind farms that we're subsidizing when we have natural gas readily available? Tell me, why in the world we gave um, a tech guy billions of dollars worth of incentives to come here and build something with batteries? I, I know it looks nice and you get to poke the finger in the eye of the governor of California. Wait a minute. He's already moved back to California because they gave him a better deal. Hmm. Well, look, I don't hate the guy. I'm sure he does some good things. I'm sure we benefit in some respects. But again, at the end of the day, that's not their money. They use our money all the time and they don't care. They already have plenty of their own, but it's funny how that works, isn't it? I mean, it's it's the old conundrum where we're going to go ahead and privatize the profits and public publicize our losses, make you all eat it. You know, that's why they're so gung-ho to always do these great big giant projects because the private business that's building it for us, they get paid, but when it fails, you know, we suck up that cost. They still made their money, but we lose. The the friendship, right? The the teamwork between big business and government, <laughs> it's not for you and I. It doesn't benefit either one of us. And I don't care if you got a D after your name or an R after your name. If you're not worth a couple million dollars, they really don't care about you and us. They're going to give you your favorite talking points so that you're convinced that, one, I'm your enemy or, one, I'm on your team and we're all supposed to rally for Canada Day. The Canada Day is the savior on earth. We need to support him and throw everything behind the savior. Or, if you prefer, Canada Peel is the devil incarnate. We must do everything to prevent the devil incarnate from being in power. And then we get manipulated and we follow the lead and we do what we're told. I don't know about you, but that's just not anything I'm interested in. I I try to step back. I really do. I make a concerted effort with my friends, with people that trust me to be objective in all things when I talk about them. But I got to tell you, some of the stuff I'm seeing right now is the same stuff that I saw back in 2012, 2013, 2014. And honestly, 10 years ago, I kind of had the Gen X attitude of let it all burn down. Not our problem. We'll fix it when it's gone. Well, now that I'm old, <laughs> I'm north of 50. I have zero desire to watch it all burn down. And now I, I want my kids to have a better life. I want my grandchildren, when they should come, to not be cursing my generation for letting that happen. So I'm here. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do everything I can to preserve what's left and restore what's available to be restored. But I got to tell you, it's frustrating. It's disappointing because I watch what they're doing down in Austin and we can't even get these guys that we work our tails off to do the bare minimum we want from them. 
and the disdain they have for us. Well, yeah, I realize it's a two-way street. And yes, we're supposed to all be on the same team. But they're quite clear. They don't need us. They don't want us. They don't care what we have to say. And you ask yourself, why is that? They talk about the uniparty, right? They talk about the big club and we ain't in it. There's a lot of truth to that. It's not equal truth. It's not the same everywhere. Clearly, Collin County is better than most. And, you know, that's one of the careful things I always say. Well, you know, uh, there is a lot of police corruption in Texas. Not Not in Collin County, mind you, because, you know, we're so much better than the rest. But outside of Collin County, you do need to realize there are a lot of things that go on outside of Collin County. You need to understand that there are bad people, even some of them that have badges or have titles. People that we would be predisposed to like. But when you say that, you're the bad guy. How dare you? Don't question. Back the blue. What's wrong with you? I mean, again, I don't think that I've ever condemned an entire group of people because of what job they have. I've been very careful not to condemn an entire group of people because of the letter that they put after their name, whether it's a D or an I or whatever. I've been very careful not to do that. So why would it be any different for, I don't know, people that have badges or titles? Of course, they're not all bad. They have a duty to deal with the bad apples. But here's the thing. The leadership wants it. The leadership desires it in many, many cases. Of course, not everything, not always. So if you speak up, you're beat down. You're the problem. You're dealt with. We're watching this unfold right now in the military. Now, yes, the military is a national thing. It directly translates to what's going on right here in Texas. And then, oh, yes, they're going to put on another little show to distract you. So you don't know what's going on. So you don't pay attention to the bigger picture. So you fail to recognize that they're continuing to usurp more power. They're continuing to expand their soft tyranny. They're continuing to ignore you. They're continuing to spend you into oblivion. They're continuing to do whatever in the heck it is they want to do without the least bit of regard for you and I. And it's tempting. It's very tempting to say, find the gallows. It's tempting. I can't recommend it. I think it's a bad idea. As a matter of fact, in case anybody just joined me, no, I don't think you should go do anything violent because the moment you do, you're the bad guy. You pay the price. They're manipulating us. They're pushing us. They're causing us to lose focus. So that we make mistakes. They're causing us to make a mistake. They're they're causing us to overstep so they can punish us, so they can rein us in. So you got to ask yourself, what are you going to do? Well, the solution I mean, there's many solutions. Uh, I mean, there's a group down in Central Texas that wants to exit and build. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should go look it up. John Bush, libertarian guy, he's all over it. And if that's your thing, you should go check it out. For me, I'm not quite ready to exit. I am ready to build. I am ready to hold the line. But you can't do it without a team. You know, you can have a team of all those chiefs, but if you don't have any Indians, and again, forgive me. Okay, fine. 
Oh, you can have a whole bunch of leaders, but if you don't have any followers, it doesn't do you any good. Well, maybe I'll have Naga calling me now. I don't know anymore. Look, there's a reason why you have leaders and why you need to develop leaders because people generally want to follow somebody else. We've beaten people to the point that they refuse to take initiative. They refuse to step out. They refuse to deviate, but they'll follow somebody else that does. So we need to train up our leaders. We need to have a cadre of people that are capable and willing to step out of line and to push back and to stand where it matters. But if you don't have anybody to follow them, if you don't have anybody that's going to be number two. So there's this, there's oh man, I, <laughs> the stream of thought thing. <laughs> there's this notion, right? It's not the first guy that goes out on the dance floor. It's the second guy. Once you get the second guy, then everybody follows. But you got to have a, if you don't have a first guy, there's no second guy. But the first guy won't do it by himself. He has to have the second guy. You need the first follower. Yesterday, I talked about the concept of lead, follow, or get the heck out of the way. I believe that. I'm willing to follow a leader because I'm not an expert in everything, nor do I pretend to be. And if somebody's an expert in a specific topic and I believe them and I trust them, I will follow them and I will remain loyal to them. But likewise, when I know what I'm talking about, when I'm leading in a specific thing, I expect the people on my team to follow my lead. I don't expect them to be in lockstep. I don't want them to never question me. But once the decision's made, we need to go. We need to go now. And if we make a mistake or we fail, then we stop, we pick up sticks, figure out what happened, and we move on and we do the next thing. You don't get to win every battle. What's important is winning the war. The only way you can do that is engaging the enemy. And the only way you can engage the enemy is to be prepared, to be trained, to have an understanding of what's going on. To that end, if you're not reading about how your enemy thinks, you're wrong. If you're not reading about tactics and strategy, you're wrong. If you're not giving thought to how do I deal with people that don't necessarily agree with me or quote unquote the undecideds, you're wrong. I'm rereading a series of books and it talks about the idea that in any given community, and of course the percentages may change, but in every any given community, you're going to have... 10% of that population that are patriots, right? Good, loyal Americans stand their ground. Then you're going to have, I don't know, 15 to 20%, which he would call loyalists, people that are content. They like their government, they like it large, and they don't want to have to do anything. Then you've got that middle area, right? That makes up 70% maybe, or even 65% of the general populace. And even if we're generous and split it in half, that's 30% that are undecided and 30% that are clueless, oblivious. Again, general numbers here. I'm not, I'm not looking for an exact total here. So the undecideds are what gives, gives us the win, right? We got 10, 15% by ourselves. If we can pick up 35 or 40% of those undecideds, that's enough to get the win because you don't need an absolute majority of any population. You just need an active, never stopping, never surrendering plurality or even a minority, flat out minority that always fights, always holds the line and is always advocating. And you'll convert 
those undecideds. You'll pull those undecideds over to your team. And once you get the 30, 40, 50%, then you win. You don't have to have an absolute majority to win. You just got to beat the other guys. The problem is, I've talked about this time and time again, we're too busy fighting amongst ourselves instead of remembering who the enemy is. Yeah, that means you got to compromise a little bit. Yeah, that means you have to take a step back every once in a while. But we got to remember who the enemy is. Who the enemy works for is not us. The enemy works against us at all times. And you can give them whatever name you want, but at the end of the day, they're in the same club and we ain't in it. We have to be willing to focus. We got to focus on who the enemy is, both spiritually and temporally, right? The here and the now. When we're focused on that, then we have to focus on learning the tactics, learning the strategy, learning the logistics of how you win those battles, how you fight back. How do these things get done? That's what we need to focus on. Only after we defeat our common enemy, only after we put them out to pasture where they can't damage us anymore, should we be worrying about smaller issues? Should we be concerned about the 10% of difference that we might have amongst ourselves? But no, no. We think we're in a commanding position, so we're going to spend all of our time beating each other off. We're beating each other up. Excuse me. We're taking focus off the prize. We're losing our focus, and we're losing, period. End of story. We have to get back our focus. We have to remember where we're going, what we're doing, and why we're doing it. That means you're going to have to have some leaders, and you're going to have to trust them. You don't have to necessarily love them. You don't have to necessarily like them. You don't have to necessarily be in lockstep with them, but you do have to trust them and follow them. Put a little faith that they have the big picture. Put a little faith that they have the better outcome at mind. Now, if they betray you, if they disregard your concerns, if they, quite frankly, let you down to a certain extent, well, yeah, yeah, then you got to find another leader. Then you got to maybe pull up stakes. Then you got to consider other options. But I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think we're anywhere there yet. We're anywhere near that yet. Yeah, I, I can be unhappy with Greg Abbott. I can be let down by Greg Abbott. I can think that he's failed on so many levels, but at the end of the day, he's the guy I got, and he's so much better than what the other option was. So I got to I got to find a way to work with him. I got to find a way to encourage him to do the right thing. I feel the same way about Dan Patrick. I mean, I guess he's more conservative than Governor Abbott, but he still let me down. He's he still led us astray. But we have to find a way to work with him. That's our guy. He's there. He's not going anywhere. Not anytime soon. We've got to find a way to work with him and hold his feet to the fire. Now, I could spend all day, every day, coming home and bashing on Abbott or Patrick. I mean, and I'm not even going to get into the Speaker of the House because, well, that's just way beyond our control. I'll leave that to the folks over at Texas Scorecard. But really, what good is that? What good am I? We want to influence the outcome. We want to understand that certain people have power and authority right now. And it's in our vested interest to see them as allies, not the enemy. It requires focusing on what the goal is. What is the goal? We want to protect Texas. We want to maintain Texas. Maybe some of you out there want to redeclare independence of Texas. I know I do, but it's okay if we don't agree on that. 
But in either case, we want to protect the sovereignty of Texas. We want to, we want to protect the sovereignty of all 50 states. We want to reinvigorate these United States. The quickest and easiest way to accomplish all of that is a strong Texas, putting Texas first. It seems to me that should be a bare minimum for anybody for running for any office. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. And we may agree or disagree on some of these things, but I always want to put Texas first. I always want what's best for Texas. You know, I live in Collin County, so I want my elected officials in Collin County to say, yep, yep, Texas is first, but really I live in Collin County, so I want to consider Collin County first. Now, how does that apply in the in the bigger picture of Texas first? Well, you know, maybe there's a little nuance there. Maybe we got to do a little balance there. But I'm never going to do anything to damage Collin County unless there's a much greater, a much more important thing at play that benefits Texas as a whole. And I, and I know that's hard for people to wrap their heads around that sometimes there are bigger goals. Sometimes there are bigger needs, bigger requirements, and you have to take one for the team. Nobody wants to take one for the team, but you have to be willing to do that on the rare occasion that it's necessary. But again, we can't seem to wrap our heads around that either because we're not focused on the goal. We have to focus. What is it that we want? What is it that we want to do? Where do we see ourselves going? What are our goals? It shouldn't be that hard. I mean, if you've been listening to me for 477 episodes or anything less than that over the last couple of years, you know exactly where I'm going to go with this. It's up to you. You have to hold yourself accountable. You have to improve yourself. You have to work on the things next to you. Only then can we do better. Otherwise, we keep fooling ourselves. You can't blame your elected official for failing to do what it is that you want them to do if you yourself can't do what you want yourself to do. Oh, that's just hypocrisy. We overlook that all the time. That's just the way it is. Okay, that's fine. But you need to discipline yourself first. You need to get yourself focused first. And then you can approach whoever your elected official is and tell them, uh, yeah, look, uh, Mr. Elected Representative, I'm happy to help you. I'm glad that you represent us. But I'm here to tell you, we need to see these things out of you. We, we expect you to do these things for us. This is what's best for, in my case, Collin County. This is the expectation. Now, I know you've got some conflicting interests. I know you've got some different issues and other things that you have to consider. I accept that. Maybe you have a little bit bigger picture than I do, but I need you to be aware of this. I need you to at least speak the language with the people that helped get you elected, understanding that this is important to us. I I encourage you, take the time, get your thoughts organized, put yourself together. And go talk to your elected officials. Again, there's nothing to be gained by calling them names and being abusive. But there's a whole lot to gain if you're at least honest and upfront. Say, hey, you know, you let me down on these things, but I think you're an okay guy or you're okay lady. How can we help you do better? What can I do to help you see things in a net positive for Collin County, in a Texas first viewpoint? Yeah, okay, I get it. You don't want to support Texas independence. You're wrong about that, but... I understand it. So how can we improve the sovereignty of Texas? How we can improve the resiliency of Texas? Those are fair things that everybody should be able to be on board with. Now, I know there's some D's that will never go for it. I know there's some R's that will never go for it. But this is a common language. We all want what's best for Texas. It's called Texas first for a reason.
the reality is if if people aren't willing to put Texas first, if they're not willing to set aside their petty differences, if they're not willing to look past minor disagreements, Texas will never be first. And that should concern you a whole lot. And with that, this has been According to Callous. And thank you for the Friday, and I will see you on the other side.